Sexual. Welcome to the Unsettling Your Language podcast, the Cree language podcast that may or may not contain any actual Cree. Tansi ni tutemtik, chelsi vaun ni tsiga sonik wi man tusakainik ni totsin, magni wi genuta mantrela genuts. Taga yao a rhythmic, iguan minikweyan maskige wapwe. So, uh, my name is Chelsea Val. Welcome, everybody. I'm from Lac St. Anne, Alberta, currently living in Montreal. And it is really cold outside today, oddly enough. And I'm, I'm drinking my uh, Muskegee Wapoi, my tea, to keep me warm. And I love that word, Muskegee Wapoi, because it actually translates directly to medicine liquid. And uh, not in this, not in this uh, episode, but we'll talk about this in another, uh, another episode, how you can use really descriptive terms add the uh, the liquid suffix and then describe something that you're drinking right so tea uh you know alcohol uh coffee it's all it's all really descriptive it's really great to break it down today however we have three things as usual to talk about because we don't have a lot of time and we're going to talk about the trouble with translation we're going to talk about when you come across a new word in cree uh where do you put the stress okay so how do you pronounce that that word properly outside of just making the correct sounds um, you know, what, where's the emphasis on which syllable? Okay. Um, and at the end, the Cree, the Cree portion, we're going to talk about, um, can't get too deep yet into kinship. First, I just want to introduce you to a few terms in Cree, describe uh, some of your family members. So that's what we're going to do. All right, let's get into it. All right, the trouble with translation. I wanted to start with this because um, I'm often asked to translate things into Cree, and I almost always decline. It's It's really... You know, it, it seems like it should be a simple thing, but it's it's really not a simple thing, okay? So I wanted to start first with uh, Cree to English, okay? Translating concepts from Cree into English and why this is problematic and why I think we should do less of it. I think we, I think we should keep the concepts in Cree and have a conversation about what they mean rather than trying to find some sort of uh, English equivalent because I don't think those English equivalents work. So let me give you an example. Mio Pimatsuin. Right? This is a Cree concept. It's often translated into English as the good life. Okay, That doesn't work because, first of all, you have different values at play here. You're not describing one thing. You're not describing an apple or a table or a chair. You're describing a philosophy. Right? Miopamatsuin is based on Cree values. It's based on uh, you know, the Cree way of life. What do Cree people see as being the good life? Right? When you translate that into English and I'm saying the good life, what does that mean? Well, you're going to come at it in English from Eurocentric settler values. It's inherent. You can't help it. When you hear it in English, you're like, okay, you're thinking of it in an English mindset, right? Uh, generally. So why doesn't that work? Well, okay, let's let's look at how some of those values are different. So Miopimatsuin, uh, Cree values based on reciprocal obligations. All right, this idea that um, you, you're not just owed things, that you have obligations to other people, to the land, um, to, to other beings, all right? There's things that you owe your territory that you have to do, um, responsibilities to fulfill. And people have responsibilities that they need to fulfill towards you, but it's, it's reciprocal, okay? It's not just one way. It can't be one way. It doesn't work like that, 
All right, compare that to individual rights frameworks. All right. Now, you, yeah, sure, you have responsibilities too under an individual rights framework, but the idea of individual rights through that, that settler Western paradigm is very, it, it's very based on one person and one person's needs, right? Uh, the good life meal, Pematsuin in Cree, is, is very much about making sure that everybody's needs are met, all right? And, and everybody fulfills their obligations to one another. Meal, um, Pematsuin, living sustainably, taking the long view, seven generations, okay? Um, not taking too much, not taking more than you need, and always making sure that there's enough for everybody, not just now in our generation, but generations to come. Generations so far removed from our own that we won't see them, right? So we have to think beyond our uh, our lifespans into the lifespans of our great-great-grandchildren um, and think what, what's going to be left for them. That's, that's living the good life, making sure that happens. Compare that to uh, the good life in English, which is very much based on, you know, single lifetimes. Um, sometimes, you know, that can include your children and your grandchildren too, but not really beyond that, right? You just want to kind of provide for the, the, your, your immediate family. You know, it's accumulation of wealth, growing the economy at any cost. And, and maybe, you know, maybe you think that's hyperbole, but I don't, I don't think that's inaccurate. Growing the economy at absolutely any cost, be it environmental or human, that's a short-term view. It's very, very different than the Cree concept of Miopamatsuin, right? Miopamatsuin is based on relationships, all right? And the good life is based on resources, turning everything into a commodity, turning anything into resources and, and getting as much as you possibly can, can, you know, again, accumulation of wealth, all right? And, and maybe I'm being unfair, but I don't think so, all right? The concept of the good life in English is very, very different than what Miopamatsuin means, and I think you probably have a better idea of that now because I explained it. You know, I went into it a bit more. I went into it in depth. And I think that's what we need to do. Let's stop trying to find equivalent terms because these are not equivalent terms. Miopimatsuin does not mean the good life. It means miopimatsuin, right? So let's stop translating from our languages into English. Let's use the term. And then if we have to in English, then we can break it down and, and explain the complexity of it until we understand. And that's going to be a long conversation. But that's fine. That way nobody assumes that their, their worldview uh, is equivalent to, to, to the word that's being translated. So that's something I'd like to stop doing. Let's stop translating. Let's start discussing. All right. Now back to what I was saying is, you know, I, I get asked to translate a lot. So let's say, you know, you're going from English to Cree. Why is that problematic? Well, sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes no problem, I'll do it. You know, um, if you want to say it's raining, kimoan. It's raining. That's it. You know, uh, I love you. Kisakitin. Okay. Easy peasy. That's, that's what it means. All right. But then you get these uh, phrases or terms that are a lot more complex and the person asking them doesn't necessarily think of them as complex because they haven't actually tried to think it through. Right. So for example, um, you know, I, I got asked once to translate, uh, my grandfather's watch out for us. And just even approaching that, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, you have to have so much more information. Um, are you talking about living grandfathers or are you talking about all of your grandfathers? Like, you know, back to the beginning of time. Um, are you thinking of grandfathers in the Cree way or the English way? Okay. So grandfathers in, in the Cree way, that can include all of the brothers of your grandfathers too, right? Those are, those are also your grandfathers. It's a generational thing. People of that generation, um, they're all your grandfathers. So are we, are we talking expanded kinship or do you want to talk about specifically your blood relations, 
like you know in the in the english way your your grandfather his father etc okay not going into the brothers and stuff like that um why aren't you including the grandmothers is there a reason for that you know is are you are you singling out the grandfathers for a specific reason okay and if so why okay um are you talking about actually when you say grandfathers do you mean just all of your your wider kin you know back in the past Okay. Do, you, do you really mean grandfathers or do you mean like everybody that was related to you, all of your ancestors? Um, okay, watching out for you, protecting you, protecting you now, protecting you spiritually, protecting you physically, protecting you, you know, emotionally. Is that what you mean? Uh, do you mean that they're judging you or guiding you? Are they guiding you spiritually again? Are they guiding you in what way? Um, there's no direct translation for this. I can't just, I can't just break it down and say, my and translate it. Grandfathers, translate it. Watch out for us. I can't do it because you're trying you're trying to say something that you have you have an idea of what you want to say in English. My grandfathers are looking out for us. You you have a general sense of what you want that to mean, but depending on how it gets translated into Cree, it could mean a completely different thing, right? So it's not a simple exercise at all. So when you go and you want somebody to translate a term for you, and we need to we need to do that. We need to create more terms. We need to um, think of more translations. Be really, really clear what it is you're trying to say. Be prepared to explain it in great detail so that people who are helping you translate can put their heads together and come up with something that makes sense from a Cree worldview. All right. And, and, and I mean that this needs to be a collaborative exercise because one person might suggest a translation that means something, you know, very narrow and specific. And somebody else might say, well, you know, Here's, here's something that I think is better, that, that kind of fits more what this person wants it to be translated into. So translation is not easy. Don't expect people to just do it for free. And if it's not something really, really simple, like what day of the week it is or, or something like that, if you want to translate a concept, then have that conversation. Get people talking. It's really, it's really great. It's, it's really fun to have those conversations. You start getting into the meaning of the words and whatnot. But, uh, but certainly don't, don't expect people to just... Um, be able to give it to you right away. It's 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 a process. It's not that easy. Personally, I just don't feel qualified to do those types of translations. Certainly not on my own. I would ask people who are more fluent and who are more well versed in Cree worldview to 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 do those types of translations. So, okay, second bit here: where to put the stress in Cree. All right. So quite often, um, you know, I, I can't remember which episode we did sort of the sounds of Cree. Once you have the sounds down. Um, that's not everything you need to know about how to pronounce a new word, right? Next thing you need to know is where do you put the where do you put the emphasis? Um, because as, you know, as I said before, I'm, you know, where do you, if you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, then it sounds wrong, right? And and every language has rules of stress. Um, it's actually pretty simple in Cree. So in two syllable words, the stress falls in the last syllable always. All right. So for example, atim, which is dog, atim. Two syllables, you get the emphasis on the last syllable. Wapos, right? Rabbit. Wapos. Seguan. That's spring. Seguan. All right, so listen to them all. Atim. Wapos. Seguan. So with two syllable words, you put the emphasis on the last syllable. Multisyllabic words, which is most of Cree. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you focus on the antepenultimate syllable. No, you, you focus on the third last syllable. So when you come across a new word, take the time, break it down into syllables. How many beats does this this word have, right? Because until you 
until you take the time to do this, you're not going to be able to say it properly. After a while, it comes easily. All right. So you break it down. For example, the word amiskwitzi. Okay. So this is Beaver Hills. It's part of the name for Edmonton. Amiskwitzi. Okay. So third, third last syllable is, is the misk. Amiskwitzi. That's, that's where you put the focus. All right. Then you have a word like waskahigan. Okay. So I'm, I'm breaking it up into, into the, the four syllables. Waskahigan. That means house. It's another part of the name for Edmonton. I'll put it together in a second. Okay, so third last syllable is the ga. Waskaikan. Right? So you just do that. Break it up and then go back and make sure that you're putting the emphasis on the third last syllable. So all together, Amiskwitsi Waskaigan. That's the name for Edmonton. Right? If you're from Amiskwitsi Waskaigan, you can say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So this is interesting because sometimes you'll come across words in Cree and you're like, hey, wait a minute. The emphasis is weird, like tanse, right? I say this all the time, tanse nitutemtik. Okay, tanse. It sounds like it has two syllables, and it's pretty clear that the emphasis that I'm putting on it is at the first syllable, tanse. What the heck, man? Okay, what's going on there is in Cree, eyes get dropped like flies, all right? The full word is not tanse. That's me, like, just leaving letters out. It, the full word is tanse. There's three syllables in there, but nobody ever pronounces them because in rapid speech, you just drop some of these I's. So normally with those three syllables, right? The first syllable gets the emphasis because it's the third last syllable. So when I shorten it, I drop, I drop one of the I's. I'm still putting the emphasis on the third last syllable. It's just, you don't hear the other two syllables. You just hear one. So this is interesting. So when you come across words like this that, that deviate from the rule, two syllables, emphasis on the last syllable, multisyllabic words, emphasis on the third last syllable, you come across a word that doesn't fit that pattern, then something's missing. Probably just got left out when it was being spelled. All right. So if you if you find a if you come across a two two syllable word that has the emphasis on the first syllable, it's actually probably supposed to be a third uh, three syllable word. So we'll find out what the what the expanded form of it is. Okay, it's it's not an exception. Cree's pretty nice like this. Okay, it just it just sticks like that. Okay, um, okay. So this is interesting too because it also changes the way that you use. Um, you know, you you can add things to the word and it changes how it sounds. So nehio, for example, Cree. Nehio. It's three syllables, and the emphasis is, is, is on the first syllable because that's the third last syllable. Nehio. And let me clarify. Nehio doesn't mean the Cree language. It means a Cree person. Uh, a Cree person is Nehio. Then if you want to say speak Cree to someone, Nehiawe, because that's four syllables, okay? And the third last syllable is the he. Nehiawe. So speak Cree. I'm giving you a command to you. Nehiawe or Nehiawek. If I want to say it to more than one person. So nehio, that's Cree. Nehiawe, speak Cree. So it, it kind of sounds different, right? Because you've, you, you have to change the emphasis depending on how many syllables it has. Right? Kind of cool, eh? So I'm, I'm going to probably have to do an entire podcast on uh, kinship, on wakutuin. Okay? Um, because it, it's complex and it's very different. Than, than English, it's and it's really worth uh, checking out those differences. Right now, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go heavy duty into kinship, but I did want to introduce you to some terms that you can use for your family members, and not even that many of them because we have like five minutes left. All right, you know how like everybody talks about their kukum or their mushum, right? And I like it. People, 
kids remember this by like potatoes. You cook them and you mush them, right? Um, so kokum is, is, is not the correct way to refer to your grandmother. Kokum, it actually means your grandmother. Okay. It's, 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 it's embedded. Okay. It's your grandmother. Right. So for example, when you're speaking about your own grandmother, it's nugum. Okay. Notice two syllables, emphasis on the last nugum. That means my grandmother. So you don't have to say my nugum, right? Cause then you're, you're saying my, my grandmother, but you know, in English, it, it sounds weird if you don't say my, whatever the word is for grandmother, right? So it's fine. If you're repeating things, it's, it's okay. If you're using the two languages, whatever, right? But the proper word for your grandmother is nugum. And then when you're talking to somebody else and you want to say your grandmother, then it's kugum, right? Kukum, okay? If you want to talk about his or her grandmother, okay? It's uguma. Three syllables now, uguma. That's their, his, his or her grandmother, Okay, so you've got nugum, my grandmother, kugum, your grandmother, uguma, his or her grandmother, right? And, and I'll get into later on, we'll do the, you know, my, our grandmother, uh, their grandmother, etc. Bob's grandmother. Now, those are, the, those are the terms when you're talking about them, when you're talking about your grandmother. But if you're speaking to your grandmother, you don't call her nugum, okay? There's a vocative form. It's, it's, it's when you're speaking directly to someone, it, it shortens, Okay. Uh, so you just, you refer to her as Nugu, Nugu, hey, uh, can I help you out? Nugu, thank you so much for the moccasins. Nugu, I love you so much. You're so great. I promise I'll call you more often. All right. So it's, it's a, it's a shortened form of, of Nugum and then Nugu. You just kind of leave that last little, that last little sound off when you're speaking directly to your grandmother, right? Don't forget the mushrooms, right? So speaking about your, your grandparents or your, your, your grandfather, Okay, it's nimusum, nimusum, and depending on the dialect of Cree, sometimes that s is a sh, nimusum. That's where you get the mushum from, right? And that's fine. So there's lots of there's lots of dialects of Cree that use more of the sh sound. Uh, so feel free if that's if if that's how they say it where you're from. So nimusum is my grandfather, kimusum is your grandfather. Okay, umusuma. See how it changes. Umusuma is his or her grand grandfather. Really changes because there's there's a different amount of syllables there. Okay, so uh, if you're speaking directly to your to your grandfather again, you don't say nimusum, you say nimusu. You just leave off the last sound. Nimusu, can I help you out? Nimusu, you know, are you comfortable? Nimusu, uh, do you want some more lard on your bannock? Okay, so when you're speaking directly, just go ahead and, and use that vocative form. Now, this is something that often people don't learn until later, but I, I think it's important to bring up is when you're speaking about somebody who's deceased, who's gone, uh, there's there's an extra form that you can add to the to the end of the relationship term to indicate that they're deceased. Okay, and it's just a form of respect. So when you're speaking about if 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 your grandmother or your grandfather has passed, um, you can add this to the end or anybody in your family. Okay, just to indicate that they're they're no longer uh, living. All right, and, and it's ipan, okay? So this it, it goes like this. So you would say like instead of nugum, nugumipan, okay? Nugumipan. So my deceased grandmother. Nimusum, uh, nimusumipan, okay? My deceased grandfather. So if you've ever heard that and wondered what that was about, that's what that's about. All right, so we'll take it to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll explain the terms for mother and father. And like I said, I'll do another entire podcast devoted to kinship, how it works, and more terms.
So for your mother, when you're talking about your mother, nigawe, nigawe, okay, that's your mother. Your mother, kigawe, okay, and if you want to talk about his or her mother, again, it sounds different, ugawiya, ugawiya, okay, the emphasis is on a different syllable there, okay, so if you've noticed, right, nugum, kugum, nimusum, kimusum, right, the n sound is me, is mine, right, just like when we did the pronouns, nia, kia, okay, so you're going to see that again and again in Cree, the n sound is, is me, it's centering me, so that's my grandmother. The kia sound is you, just one person, okay? Kia. So when you're talking to your mother, nigawe, you, you want to say niga, niga, uh, help me out here, right? So you're, you're just speaking directly to her, you're shortening it out quite a bit, niga. Uh, your father, okay, so my father, nutawe, nutawe. Your father, kotawe. And then his or her father, utawiya, utawiya. And when you're speaking directly to your father, it's nuta, nuta. What are you doing? <laughs> Look at what you did, man. <laughs> you ate all the panic. What's up with that? Nuta. I wanted some panic too. Right. So um, I'm just gonna, cause we're out of town time here. I'm just gonna quickly go over it again. All right. So talking about your grandma, nugum, kugum, your grandma, uguma, his or her grandmother. And when you're talking directly to her. You refer to her, you, you say to her, Nugu, okay? Talking about your grandfather, Nimusum, my grandfather, Kimusum, your grandfather, Umusuma, his or her grandma, grandfather, and you say to him, Nimusu. Now, if, you're, if your grandparents are deceased, you, you use the, the term, uh, you know, you refer to them and, and you add Ipan, okay? So, Nugumipan, uh, Nimusumipan. Okay, and you can use that for father, brother, sister, whoever, anybody in your family who is deceased, you can add that ipan to the end of, uh, of the relationship term, right? Speaking uh, about your mother, okay, nigawe, my mother, kigawe, your mother, ugawiya, his or her mother. Speaking directly to her, you say niga. Speaking about your father, okay, my father, nutawe, your father, kutawe, utawiya, his or her father. And when you're speaking directly to him, nuta. All right, that's all we've got time for. It goes so fast, eh? All right, so thank you very much. Thanks for your patience. Sometimes this is going to come out like a whole bunch of episodes all at once. Sometimes it's going to be an episode every month. Who knows? Whatever. Anyway, I hope you're keeping warm. Bye. Meanwhile, Mr. Hay, for listening to the Unsettling Your Language podcast. And remember, Nikitendik, Nikiyawek. <laughs>